Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast, part of the Full Press Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me today is my co-host, Alessandro Senator. Alessandro, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're joking. Uh, Kayla's unfortunately unavailable today, not feeling the greatest. I know I've been sick this week. Uh, you said you're dealing with allergies. We're, uh, I joke, we feel like we're right in the NFL season. We're as hobbled and injured as most of the NFL stars are, so we're just like barely grasping through, hoping for that bye week, although we, we really don't have a bye week. so <laughs> we, we just got to tough through and hope we can get to the playoffs. Yeah, but I'll make sure I have Kayla on my bench. I can't, I can't afford a player this week. Well, yeah, she's inactive today, uh, questionable for tomorrow. Um, so uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, I feel like though she's she's rock solid. That if uh, we get the report tomorrow that she's in, uh, you got to start her. But uh... <laughs> anyway, uh, I, 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 after I don't know some of the stuff I've done this year, <laughs> decisions I, I may bench myself. But uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I got to at least stream myself. Okay, enough about that. We are, we are not fantasy football players. Although, we no, we are fantasy football players, not the fantasy football playees. Um, we're here to talk about fantasy football playees. We are the fantasy players. football coaches, not Ah, managers. Managers is the term. Managers, there we go. So, yeah, so here we are. We are week seven now, Thursday night, which is tonight. Uh, we are October 17th. Thir- we are Thursday, so uh, coming out a little later than normal, but... Uh, I guess let's just get right to it. So this Thursday night game, it's uh AFC West divisional game. We've got the Chiefs and the Broncos. Um, so starting off, for me, the way I see this game going, I mean, the Broncos, the strategy is there, right? We've seen it the last two weeks. The Chiefs, Chiefs have lost the last two games to teams that have just been running the football and controlling the clock. Why would the Broncos do any differently, especially considering that's kind of how they've had success the last two weeks that they've won? So uh, Philip Lindsay's a must-start to me. And I'd venture to say that I'd pretty confidently start Royce Freeman unless you were really stacked at running back and, and had enough flex spots and you and you didn't really feel confident in Freeman in that ceiling, that's fine. But I think he's a lot better option than, especially considering, I mean, think about a team that's on bye this week. Like, you got the Panthers on bye, you got the Browns. So let's say someone has their team built around McCaffrey and Chubb. And this week they're, oh man, even, or even just one of those guys and you you need that extra running back in your lineup. I think Freeman's a great option for tonight. And he catches enough passes. They split uh, red zone work enough, so the touchdowns will be there for both of them. I think the two Broncos players you should most confidently feel confident about, you should most confidently play, I mean, are Lindsey and Freeman. Uh, on the Chiefs side, I mean, you, you, Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey, I think, are automatic starts. If they're active, you're playing them. I know Hill only played 50% of the snaps last week. Looked pretty good, and he still managed two touchdowns on only 50% of the snaps. So, uh, so I think it's only a matter of time until he's playing his regular 80, 90%, whatever it needs to be as his normal is. And uh, tough matchup tonight against Chris Harris. The thing that Chris Harris hasn't really faced yet, he's faced a lot of bigger corners, guys that can make contested catches, decent separators. He hasn't faced that pure speed guy yet. And I know Chris Harris is decently fast. I don't know if he's Tyreek Hill fast. So uh, I'd venture to play Hill, even though Harris has been really good against top receivers this year. He shut down Devontae Adams. Uh, Allen Robinson was pretty limited against him. Uh, trying to think of who else they faced. Uh, I, I, I mean, Tennessee, but whatever. <laughs> I don't think Chris Harris is doing anything to stop Tennessee's receivers, but that's Tennessee's offense. Uh, but, but still, I, even with Chris Harris, I think I'd still risk it and play Tyree Kill because I think he's got the skill set that could have a, a decent performance. He could maybe get past Harris and catch a big one. Who knows? Uh, obviously, Kelsey's a must start because the Broncos have been 
have a, I've had they've definitely have a much better pass defense than run defense. The pass rush is decent, and like I've mentioned, Harris has been shutting guys down. I think LaShawn McCoy is a pretty good play today. He started to get more of the touches last week. I mean, Damian Williams, one ca- one target and one carry. That's it. That was the, that was it for the game. I know uh, uh, Daryl Williams got a couple opportunities, but most of it went to LaShawn McCoy. A lot of the red zone stuff went to LaShawn McCoy, so I, I think I'd confidently play him. Not to say I wouldn't play Williams, uh, because I think the upside is there, even though the floor, as we've seen, is super low. Uh, as in last week, I mean, he, he caught a touchdown last week on one of the, on those two opportunities, uh, which, again, the efficiency of this offense, any player that's out there for any little bit of time could do well. And again, this Broncos defense, it's weaker against the run. The other thing, too, Patrick Mahomes being hobbled right now, uh, the, especially on a short week. I think the Chiefs may look to run the football a lot in this game, which I mean, sees. I think that sees a lot of McCoy. I think you see enough of Williams as well in that case. Uh, you know, they've gotten the time possession, you know, totally against them in the last two weeks, and their defense is tired, especially on a short week. I could see them turning to the run game often and trying to make this a grind out game, and uh, you know, activate Mahomes later in the game and let him do his thing later on if they need to. But I think they're going to try and approach this primarily on the run on the ground. Uh, so I think Williams is also a decent play if you if you can afford it. Um, the, because the Chiefs' defense isn't great, I think Flacco and Superflex is an option. I think um, I think um, Cortland Sutton's an option. Noah Fant's an option as well. Uh, the Chiefs have actually been really uh, generous to tight ends. Um, where are they at? They are. They've allowed the six most fantasy points to tight ends this year. Uh, fantasy points per game um in this is in half point ppr leagues with emmanuel sandals hobbled up and again a short week i wouldn't trust sanders this week i don't know he yeah i keep betting against sanders i keep thinking all these injuries are going to affect him but uh i don't know i think uh sutton's gonna be the number one guy at least until sanders is back to full health and i think fam could do a lot of damage today and not so much on Sanders. So I think I'd bench Sanders. And honestly, the other Chiefs receivers, aside from Hill, we got Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, uh, Byron Pringle. They're all, if you really need to, I think you can play them. But I don't know that this is a great matchup for it. I see this. I I think I'd almost rather play Daryl Williams because I think this could be a turn into a really run-heavy game for the Chiefs. How do you how do you uh, think about all that? It could definitely turn into a run-heavy game. Like you said, with Patrick Mahomes being hobbled, it... I mean, you eliminated Patrick Mahomes, so uh, it's. I mean, there's nothing else to say. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is limited, so that limits his receivers. That limits his ability to move in the pocket. That I mean, you you're pretty much downgrading Mahomes from like. That's the best way to describe it. So think of Mahomes as Tom Brady, like an elite QB. And when you put an injury on him, think of him more like a Blake Bortles. That's that. That's the kind of downgrade I'm talking about. You see that? Well, I mean, and Bortles wasn't ever a horrible fantasy option, to be honest. But that's because of his mobility, not so much the other things. But he still played well. It's uh, it's just uh, it seems like. You just honestly, I think the biggest problem for them a has been a bit of protection. No Eric Fisher for the last few weeks, and I don't think he's playing. He's out today as well. So he's never ruled out. Yeah, um, and I think the other problem has been just again time of possession. So, um, but 
yeah, even though I think it'll be a run-heavy game, I mean, I think we're, we're still playing Mahomes. I think you're saying the same thing, too, just temper expectations, right? Or are you looking to, you know, find a replacement for him in, in uh, certainly not Superflex, but single quarterback leagues? Oh, I'm not looking to replace Mahomes. Look, here's the reason why the Colts and the Texans won their games. They kept Mahomes on the sideline. Yep. That's what you got to do with every great quarterback. You got to run down the clock. You stop him as fast as you can. You take the ball and you run with it. That's all you have to do. It's 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 stupidity 101. I mean, it's winning 101, excuse me. Um, nah, stupid winning. <laughs> I hate when people win like that. But it's it's proven to work. It's proven well, to work. And that's how you win. I mean, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. That's how you win. And when you do that, you it's just a win. They don't care about the stats. Well, I mean, we care about the stats because we're fancy footballers. But they don't care about the stats. They don't care about anything. They got the W, and that's all they care about. So that's how you do it. You run down the clock. So if uh, the Broncos want to do anything, including a win, they got to run down the clock. So you're looking at... Phil Lindsay, you're looking at, you know, uh, Royce Freeman, and uh, I don't know. You may get some jet sweeps in there, but you're looking at those two running down the clock. You're not seeing much of Cortland Sun, Emmanuel Sanders, no matter how much it, that he's going to play or not, because they want to win. You want to win? You sideline Mahomes and you keep him sidelined. Yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, the short passing game. So I wonder if. Dump offs to Fant actually, that and that's why I'm, I'm kind of really liking playing Fant this week. Maybe you know not as a because tight ends usually only a one start, right? So unless uh, it seems like a lot of the big tight ends are playing this week, so unless you're just kind of streaming the position, I think Fant's a good streaming option. Uh, but for the most part, I think everyone's got their regular tight ends ahead of him. That's why I, I put him as a maybe, even though I, I like the matchup. Uh, but you're right, though. I mean, I've, I've said it, so I obviously agree with you. But, uh, uh, you know, run the football. That's what the Texans did. That's what the Colts did. I wonder what the Texans and Colts are going to do this week, Alessandro. And they play each other, which is kind of funny how this works. Denver on a two-game win streak. Kansas City on two-game lose streak. They meet. These two division opponents meet as well. Um, so preview this uh, Texans-Colts game. Well, I mean, you pretty much said it all. They... It's a two-game streak. Texans are heading to Indianapolis to uh, face the Pony Boys up there. Um, in this game alone, there's it's a bit questionable. So when you look towards the injury report to see if your guy is going to be injured or not, there's some red flags. So T.Y. got listed, but he's still going to play. Which is a good thing because the Texans' corners are complete and utter terrible. And by that, I mean they are completely and utterly terrible in every way, shape, and form. They are um, a very bad pass coverage team is the best way I could describe it. Um, sorry, I'm still a little stuffed up, you know. Like Kyle said, we're all recovering. <laughs> oh. So, pulling up their statistics uh, of right now, when you look, when you match up the Colts and the, uh, the Texans, you can see, well, obviously you're going to start Mahomes. Uh, not Mahomes, wrong game. Obviously you're going to start uh, Deshaun. 
he's a dual threat QB. You're going to love him like that. You're going to start him. I would start him, honestly. But when it comes to Jacoby Brissett, he's more of a backup for me, super flex backup. That's how I can see it. Um, And that's how I want to play it. So in terms of offense, the Colts are number four in rushing yards per game. They've, They've racked up 142 rushing yards per game. The Texans are right behind them at 139.8 yards per game. Literally 0.2 yards per game. The Texans are right behind them. So these are two high-powered running offenses, so to speak, if that makes sense. Now, when you look at the overall team statistic of, you know, offenses and defenses, then things get a little skewed because the passing game gets a little suspect, so to speak. So when you're talking about passing between these two, and and this is very fantasy relevant because it speaks to T.Y., it speaks to Ebron, Jack Doyle, all those guys on the offense. When you get to it, Houston has attempted 396.8 yards per game, or that's how much – Yards per game they are getting. And that's great for Houston. That's for great for Nuke and Kiki and all those guys. That's fantastic. Not so much for the Colts, who are down here at 23rd, just behind the New Orleans Saints, who've grabbed 344 yards in passing. Now, I said rushing their top five. You know, one's four, one's three. But when I go turnover towards passing on the defensive side I'm seeing a whole different ball game it you know we've seen uh teams exploit the Texans in the past but the Texans have only allowed 268 yards per game so they are ninth worst you flip that you got the Colts which are they're better. Let's leave it at that. They've allowed 242 yards uh, passing per game. So while the Colts have not been, you know, great in terms of throwing it, they're not they're not up there in terms of throwing it. The Texans defense is suspect enough that they can't get the yards. So you can play Jacoby Brissett in single QB leagues. You can play Jack Doyle. You can play Eric Ebron. You can play T.Y. Hilton. Um and that, that that's where it is at this point. You're looking at the matchups, and this matchup, it's mismatched, right? So they're both good at the run. They're both decent at the pass. But when it comes to overall, when it comes to overall, you, it, it, it's looking like the edge goes to the Colts because the Texans' corners are suspect. That's That's how it is right now. The Texans have allowed 268 yards. Again, that's ninth worst in the NFL. The Colts have allowed 242. That's 16th worst in the NFL. So, passing game alone, you're looking at uh, a better Colts uh, side than uh, Texans side. So, for this game, you're going to start Deshaun. You're going to start Jacoby Brissett. Obviously, you're going to need QBs. You, I would start Hyde and Mac, um, 
I would start Fuller, even though he had a disappointing game after that monstrous game. I would start Fuller. I would start T.Y. Um, start Nuke, obviously. Uh, whatchamacallit. You're going to... There's another person that I would fire up, assuming he plays, is Kenny Stills. Um, I would fire up Kenny Stills for this game. He's not been making a lot of noise. I understand, but with the Colts missing their top guys as far as uh, secondary is concerned, you're looking at another wide receiver that could get you some points, give you that over that hump. So, assuming Kenny Stills plays, I would fire him up too. And then, uh, as far as defenses goes, if you need to pick one, go with the Houston Texans. Other than that, I wouldn't trust either. Uh, I definitely agree with that last. I even the Texans. I I almost think I'd prefer the Colts because they're at home. But I this is what I'm avoiding with defenses, um, just because the Texans, you know, the, the pass rush. If you mentioned that's the strength of it, and this Colts O line is pretty great. Uh, you know, if if anyone, maybe the Colts are the one that, that are going to get the sacks on Watson. I could see that being more likely, but their pass defense really hasn't been that great this year. And as you've alluded to, neither is the Texans. This this has the chance to be a huge scoring game. Uh, I like the call to play hide. The only concern I have is with Darius Leonard. He could potentially return this week. Uh, and at inside linebacker right in the middle there, that, that'll that really help the Colts run defense. I know they've been pretty bad this year. According to DVOA, they are the sixth worst. They're sixth least efficient. Um, so uh, that makes me feel a little worse in terms of uh, being a Packers fan, of course. Um only a Packers fan. Well, actually, you know what? No, never mind. I was looking at the wrong one. Sorry. They're actually kind of. They're pretty much tied for the the third worst with the Panthers, Bengals, and Dolphins. They're all kind of like together there. Uh, so the Packers. Packers actually got a little better last week. Uh, they improved slightly just because uh, they kind of stopped carry on pretty well. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So Carlos Hyde is if he. I still think I play him because that's as you mentioned. That's been the Texans' bread and butter right now. Has been. They're, you know, the control of the clock, ground game. They may not have to do that here. Uh, I think T.Y. is a must play. Uh, I know you're saying you, uh, you would. I think must at this point. Uh, look back to, and this dates back to even the season with Jacoby Brissett the first time around. Uh, his last six games, he has four 100-yard games against the Texans. And how many touchdowns in that span? Uh, just three, three touchdowns, but four 100-yard games in that span, including uh, the the very last time he played the Texans, he went nine catches, 199 yards. And Hilton, I mean, Hilton puts up the yardage, right? It's always been the touchdowns that haven't always been there. Uh, this year, they've been using him more as a red zone target, though. Uh, I'm feeling pretty confident with Hilton, as a, even as a wide receiver, won this week against the Texans. Because uh, uh, the last time he played with Brissett against the Texans, um uh, he he went off uh five catches 175 yards and two touchdowns so again this is not just with luck this is Brissett as well it's something he's done against Texans and as you mentioned their corners aren't that great I'm a little hesitant on Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron I wouldn't say you must sit them although um you know I think I'd rather well, play a guy like... sorry I said you could start them. Yeah, I know, but I, I, you can start them. I'm not crazy though about it. Like I'm, I'm more in the ma- I kind of in the middle there. Like I, I think if I'm that's why I say like, can not must. Yeah. Okay, well uh, then, okay. Let me ask you then. 
how would you feel about the, the guy we just talked about before, Noah Fant? Would you play him over either of these two? Yes. Okay, and I agree, because the Texans actually have allowed, in half-point PPR, the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. And, you know, this early in the season, there's uh, maybe they haven't played any good tight ends. They just held Travis Kelsey to 58 yards last week. Austin Hoopers, who's been going crazy this year, uh, is, I think it's his weakest game of the year. He only caught, uh, went for 56 yards. Uh, second, against the Eagles, he only had uh, four catches, 34 yards. But other than that, it's the only time he's been held under uh, at least 12 and a half fantasy points uh, other than that Eagles. So those there were those two games that weren't great. And one of them was against the Texans. Greg Olson got shut out. Uh, I haven't really faced anyone else of consequence, but the fact that they were able to minimize Kelsey kind of gives me some pause here, both Ebron and Doyle. Um, ultimately, I think like I think in one league where I'm desperate, I think I am starting Doyle. So you're right, you, you can play them, but uh, I'd try and look elsewhere. If Again, you got a guy like Noah Fant, I think is a pretty good example, who's got a pretty great matchup and maybe the situation set up for him to see a bigger target share this week. Mm-hmm. And we'll move on to the 49ers and Washington. Uh, this will be in Washington, although actually not in Washington, in Maryland. But uh, um, so one thing doing my red zone report every week, uh, which came out on full press coverage yesterday, you can check that out uh, in full press coverage fantasy football section. Uh, Tevin Coleman, anyway, he had the second most amount of red zone opportunities in the entire NFL last week. He had six red zone carries and two red zone targets. And three of those six carries were inside the five. Uh, there was that two-week stretch in weeks two and three where Jeff Wilson was their goal line guy. But now now that Coleman's back and healthy, Wilson's been inactive both of these weeks that Coleman's been back, and he looks like he's that goal line guy. Um, and Washington is just a pretty bad team. So I think Coleman's actually in line for a big week this week. Uh, maybe not the yardage, you know, but I think he'll... He, you know, he could probably score one or two touchdowns. He could punch them in. I know Garoppolo got a rushing touchdown last week, I think, or he had a red zone carry from the one. He tried a QB sneak. Um, so that that's always a bit of a scare if uh, Garoppolo can do that because he's not known to do that too. Uh, maybe they just they just saw something in the matchup last week. I don't know that. I don't know that uh, this match this game is going to be close enough because again, you're thinking the Rams last week they had to do everything they could to beat them, and I mean they handled them pretty well. But you got to think early enough in the game. If you think you need that extra edge, you do it. But against Washington, I don't know that Garoppolo is going to risk his body on a QB sneak. I think they're just going to hand it off to Coleman and let him punch it in. This is a game they should handle pretty easily. So running it with Coleman makes the most sense. George Kittle's a must-start every week, uh, literally from now on because his bye week's gone. So if he's healthy, he's you're your tight end for the rest of the year. Uh, and then the only Washington player I think that's worth playing is Terry McLaurin. Um, even even though with that being said, though this defense is so great that. I have him in the start section, but I feel more of a maybe with him, uh, if that makes sense. Um, you know, I know bye weeks are here. It's a big bye week. There's a few teams, so maybe you have no choice. But uh, Scary Terry is a scary matchup with this 49ers team. This this defense is for real. And I know the, the secondary may not be the greatest, but that front seven is, is pretty deadly. And uh, DVOA still has them and the Patriots kind of far and above everyone else in terms of pass defense. Like these are clearly the two best pass defensive teams in the league. Uh, it doesn't seem very close. Uh, I think the 49ers though, just I, I'd consider most of the players, the main starters anyway, to play just because this Washington team really isn't that good. So Garoppolo's great. I think it's super flex. He's probably a must play unless you really have two like super rock solid options. Um, I definitely would want to play him. Dante Pettis is getting on the field a lot more. Uh, he played, 
in – I have the snap counts here. It was his best of the season. I think he led them last week in snaps. And, yeah, uh, of receivers, yeah, he did. He had 72% of the snaps. That was – of the skill position players, the only player who played more was George Kittle. So that kind of tells you something there. Um, Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, 60 and 62% of the snaps, respectively. Like those, That seems to be the main three. Pettis, Samuel, Goodwin. Uh, Samuel was hurt this week. I don't know if we have the injury report update on that. Uh, if he's practiced this week, obviously, if he's not playing, you don't play him. But, uh, maybe monitor. If, if it does seem like he doesn't get a couple practices in and he's kind of questionable, maybe look to avoid him. Uh, but that being said, I still think Matt Breida is a good option, too. Uh, because Washington, even if I mentioned like Coleman may get the touchdowns, but not necessarily as many yards. Breed has had a couple hundred yard games, even without uh, ample red zone opportunities. So uh, they kind of trust him between the twenties a lot. So he could catch receptions. Uh, I would look to pretty much <laughs> sit every Washington player, except uh, McLaurin, as I mentioned, uh, I think Peterson is droppable. Now you, you got the Ma- Miami matchup. He did great. That's all you really needed him for though. I think, I don't think Peterson has much value the rest of the year. I don't see them winning any of the games the rest of the way. That was really their only opportunity for a guy like Peterson. Uh, Case Keenum is tough to hang on to because at any moment, Dan Snyder could decree, no, we must start Dwayne Haskins now, right? Like as an owner, he he kind of steps in a lot. And so it scares me with, with Keenum. Uh, I don't know how much of a leash they have on this game. It's just a horrible matchup anyway. I'm not playing Keenum this week. Even if he does play the whole game, I don't expect him to do pretty well. Uh, care to chime in here? No, I think you uh, got everything perfectly. Um, the only thing is, because it's a short week, I would still play, uh, still play Scary Terry, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's going to be a tough matchup to say the least. So um, I'm still playing them, but I I gotta go in with the expectation that uh, I'm not going to get that many points. Uh, I'm just looking at the injury report now. We don't have anything updated for Thursday. Uh, Debo didn't practice yesterday, but there's a lot of guys that didn't practice yesterday, and uh, some of that's maintenance probably. I know Kittle was questionable going into last week and didn't practice again, uh, but he had a pretty great game, so I think he's he seems fine. Uh, again, that'll be check in tomorrow and Saturday, see what uh, Debo Samuel's doing at practice. But I do think it's a pretty decent matchup for him if uh, if he can get out there. Uh, do you want to talk now about the Jaguars and the Bengals? Not that you maybe don't want to talk about them, but uh, it's that's it's your turn. You're up. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> You're um, welcome. Yeah, so uh, Jaguars and Bengals. You know, we got we're going to Cincinnati. This is one very highly contested. Okay, I can't even say this. So straight face. Um, this is a just a game. This is death. That's all this is. It's Uncle Rico versus the striped, the striped cats. That's all. Not Clark. the good ones either. Not the tie cats. This is the Bengals we're talking. No, this is the referees. If we add a little bit of color to them, that's what that that's what this is. And we all get to hear the referees. So, yeah. so for both of them, a really bad 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not. Mm, well, okay. Well, actually, it's about to be really bad for the. Uncle Rico. All right. So oh, I, I meant the Bengals and the the refs, not necessarily the Jags. They've actually maybe done better than expected, even considering they lost their starting quarterback a, a quarter into the season. And their starting corner. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. With uh, sometimes it's subtraction by addition, which wasn't this at all. Sometimes addition by subtraction is uh, 
is what's needed. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'll let so, you get to the. So uh, we got Uncle Rico versus Uncle Andy. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's been doing pretty good, you know. Uh, in the few games that he's played, he's put up 1,442 yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. He's a very solid quarterback to play. And then to put it in comparison, he's played less games than Andy Dalton, has more wins, and just near the same yardage. Andy Dalton has 1,647 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. So, Rico has completed 124 of 194 passes. Dalton has completed 150 of 243 passes. So on less passes, with a better completion rate, more touchdowns, less interceptions, he has 200 yards less than Andy Dalton does and started a game behind. That's pretty good. You know, and if he and if Minshew actually had a receiver core that was good enough or a little bit better, this would be a different team. But he doesn't. So here's here's the team we got. Uh, Jacksonville is going to defeat the Bengals, as we all know and hope, so that we don't have another upset this week. Um, what, you, what's, your, what's your problem with upsets? Oh, wait, you're a Yankees fan. That's right. Wow. Wow. I mean, you are a Jets fan, so never mind. I, I, sh- I should take that back. Wow. Someone but seriously, but seriously, what's your problem with upsets, though? I love upsets. That's what makes sports too. the best. I do too. I've never. I didn't say that I have a problem with this upset. I have. I was going to save my upset alert for you know, another game. Okay, that's fair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped on you there. Damn. All because you don't like the Yankees. Wow, Kyle. I just I, again. I I hate the the typical favored that that team that's always winning. That's why. And that's why I assume most Kyle, people don't like the Patriots, right? So on IR at at certain times throughout the entire year and still managed to win a hundred games. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. No. And hey, I didn't say they didn't deserve to be there. I just I I it's same with the Patriots. It's not that they don't deserve to be there. I just I I don't like seeing that same team win again. I like I like it when the the underdog gets it and we're all surprised and shocked every time. Okay. Well, the Patriots pay the referees just enough to help them out. Okay. It's kind of like uh, the Lions. I don't, and the, this I don't think they, they really need to. They just I think they, they just they pay they pay the referees just they enough. Either. All right, all right, all right. Leave me alone. I'm doing my, I'm doing the fancy. So, uh, play Gardner Minshew, play Andy Dalton. Um, you know, depending on whatever type of league you're in, is depending on who you're gonna play. If you have both in a super flex, I'll play them. Um, as far as playing running backs in this game, Joe Mixon, I am sitting him. I'm selling that share as fast as I can. He's done all right, but not done enough. Ugh. I like the guy, really, I do, but he's just been struggling for me. And, you know, against this much better uh, Jaguars defense, I don't see Joe Mixon doing much. Um, flip of that is, I'm also benching Leonard Fournette, unless I have to play him. Unless, it, unless it's a true I have to play him, I'm benching him. Leonard Fournette, besides that one breakout, he has like a one breakout run every so often. And that's not enough to keep him in my lineup. Now, like I said, if I have to play him, I'm playing him. But if I don't have to play him, I'm, he's benched. That That's how it is for me. DJ Chark, I'm playing him. Uh, again, uh, the uh, 
Bengals defense is very suspect, and uh, they have no corners. Considering uh, uh, Drake, Kurtzpatrick, he is doubtful to play. Sean Williams was questionable to play. And that's just two of their defensive backs. AJ Green, <laughs> it, does it, it doesn't even really matter if they play, to be honest. But you're right. No, it it'll just really be worse. Char- 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 is just, just too good. This kid came out nowhere with Minshew. And it's like, hey, guys, welcome to the NFL. Where's my card? Where's my uh, MVP status? That's what this kid's saying. So I'll play him. Um, now with the flip side of that is... When you're looking at um, the when you're looking at uh, who else do you need to play? Uh, play the Jaguars defense. Um, it, you're going to get chewed up by the passing yards by Andy Dalton, maybe. Um, but for the most part, you're going to get sacks. You're going to get interceptions. That uh, entire um, what you call Bengals team is just completely terrible all around, and it starts at the O line. And Andy Dalton can't do anything. It's not his fault. It really isn't. But he can't do anything, so they're not going to do anything. So Uncle Rico wins, and they're going to get the sacks. Sacks for days. You get a sack, you get a sack, and you get a sack. Um, and, and that's saying a lot, considering they were able to notch up three sacks against Teddy Bridgewater and a much better O-line with the Saints. So that's saying a lot. Um, D.D. Westbrook is a name to look out for in all this. Uh, he was listed as doubtful, but he's been practicing in a limited fashion all week. So there are there there have been players who've been listed as doubtful that still play. But that, like I said, that's a name you gotta watch out for, especially on a week like this where you don't have as many players to uh, play with. Um, a sleeper of mine is Jeff Swain. Uh. If D.D. Westbrook does go down, uh, you can see Chris Conley seeing uh, increasing his target shares. But Jeff Swain is a he's a guy I could also see uh, receiving some love. Well, especially now that James O'Shaughnessy's out for the year, like uh, he's yeah. he is, I guess, the number one tight end there. I know Ben Koyak's there too, uh, who's famous. And Koyak is listed ahead of him on the depth chart, but Jeff Swain. Of the Dallas Cowboys, formerly is a mm-hmm. good receiving tight end. Yeah. He's not. He's yeah. he's just not a good blocking tight end. Uh, uh, he's a good blocking tight end, but he's also a good receiving tight end. So he's a nice dual tight end, but he's more used for blocking. But he's a good sleeper, and I like him. Uh, like I said, he's not listed above the other guy on a depth chart, so obviously they're going to go to the other insert tight end's name. But uh, I like him. I like him for this and. I think he's going to be more sleeper for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Honestly, the only <laughs> issue I have is saying you're not wanting to bench Fournette. I think Fournette's a must-start. Against this Bengals team, they are so bad. They're just going to run Fournette. He's getting all the volume. He's getting all the red zone work, or most of it. I mean, Reichwell Armstead's playing minimum snaps. Uh, nah, to me, man, it, and I agree with you, Chark's a great play, but I feel stronger about Fournette than I do about Chark. Yeah, um, but here's the thing. Someone, someone's going to have to give. I mean, unless they're going to decide to put up 60 points against the Bengals. Well, they could. They, they, that's they that's how bad the Bengals are. <laughs> the Bengals are horrible. Like, they're, they're as bad as Washington and Miami in my eyes. Like, the, the numbers are, are reflecting that, too. If, if anything, the defense in Washington's better than than the Bengals. 
So uh, if, I, I know I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you there. It's just that they managed to hold the Baltimore Ravens to um, only 23 points, which I, I'm not saying yeah, but that how many rushing yards they ran oh, the yeah. so much through them. Like it, it was. But how much of that was actually uh, uh, running backs, and how much was that was their quarterback running? Well, back? yeah, Lamar Jackson ran for 153 yards. Agreed, but Gardner Minshew is not going to do that. So where are the, all that rushing yardage is going to go to Fournette? Yeah, I mean, look again. I, I I've been burned by Leonard Fournette. I'm benching him. I'm playing where, like I said. I'm playing if I have to, but I'm benching him for me. Where Where do you think he's ranked in in running backs right now? Uh, last time I checked, he was top five in terms of uh, running back rankings. But again, of that, he had that 115 yard game against some really bad team. I can't remember what team it was. Well, what do you mean? Two hundred twenty the two hundred and twenty five yards against Denver? Yes. That's when yeah. Denver didn't have an identity. Uh, that... Agreed. Dude but again, the point. This is the Bengals. This is the worst team he's played all year. This I the you thought Denver was bad? Man, this is that nothing compared to this team. Okay, okay. Then 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 you play Fournette and we'll, we'll just will. have to wait. We just he's, have to wait he's run, right now he's running back nine. Which in in this is in half point PPR. Um he, and again, he's gotten. I think he's he's actually had the third most carries so far this season. Only Chris Carson and Christian McCaffrey have had more carries. This guy exudes volume. And then talk about targets. McCaffrey's got forty four targets. Fournette's got thirty six. He's not that far off. I mean, he's Kamara's ahead of him, and I think that's it. And he, so he's third in running back carries, and he's third in running back targets, and he's RB nine on the season. And yeah, he had that. He had a poor game against uh, Kansas City to start the year, only nine point four points, but double digits every week since. Um, is this full PPR or half point PPR? This is half point PPR. Okay, I play full point PPR. Okay, he's caught twenty. Okay, but okay, and in full point PPR, he'd be higher because he he's caught twice more than twice as many passes as Mark Ingram. He's caught more than Zeke, who are right ahead of him in uh, in half point PPR. Uh, actually, I don't think, you know, he wouldn't pass Zeke, but he'd end up as running back eight in full point PPR. Okay, that's fine. Like I said, Kyle, you play him. He's just been a disappointment to me. He's burned me too many times. And I've all, and there's always been that one game, that one trap game that is always a sure lock-in that he does so terrible, but he's projected to do so well. And I feel like this is that game. If he does it, if he does great, then that's that's great. Fancy owners rejoice, shell from the hills, yay! We won, we put up the points. I will. I'm gonna bring but, this up if if he does if, when he does well this week. I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> that, that that's fine because we brought it up to you when he done really terrible and you were that, like, that, what that week that he finished as an RB two that you guys are bragging about. He was an RB two that week, so I don't know. I don't know what you guys were all about. That I, he, he didn't. He wasn't great, and yeah, it was all that one run. I agree. It doesn't, but it doesn't matter how you get there. He still finishes an RB two that week, so that little victory lap was actually kind of premature on your guys's part. Uh, okay, well, okay, Kyle. Right. Just, d- I mean, is an RB two not worth starting if he's one of the top twenty four running backs? Do you not want him in your starting lineup? Is that not helping? Unless, unless you've got multiple guys, unless you, like if your team is stacked at running back and you've got. Multiple guys in the top twenty-four. Sure, if you have, I make sure you've got Zeke and Chubb. Well, not Chubb this week. If you got Zeke and Cook and uh, I don't know Josh Jacobs, okay, sure, play them over Fournette. But re- what what running backs 
like realistically to someone who has Fournette on their team, who was likely a second, third round pick, do they have to play ahead of him? Hold on. I got some breaking news. All right. Let's hear it. Uh, Tyron Smith and Lael Collins were practicing today. Um, so they will be playing this week. So is Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, corner Byron Jones. They were all, they, they, they were rehabbing, but he, um, Mark Cooper has practiced a little bit, so he's trending towards playing. CJ Mosley is actually yeah, playing. He's, yeah, he said he's going to play. I heard, yeah, he was practicing today. I saw that um, tweet. So good that good on you because I mean and good for the NFL because CJ Mosley is a good player. So oh, he's and and again, go beat those Patriots, right? Like let's let's stop this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to see them lose. I do too, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's a whole another one we never got to get to. I know. Uh, Case I know. Keenum is back at practice taking first team reps. So that's going to be fun. Um, and Travis Benjamin has been placed on IR by the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is breaking news. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't even aware that he got hurt last week because he actually kind of produced a little better than, than normal. <laughs> but typical. I, I don't know. I actually, Travis Benjamin hasn't kind of been. I don't know that he's been that injured his career, but yeah, it's been kind of inconsistent with him this season, unfortunately. And even with the all the injuries around him, he wasn't able to produce. So, unfortunate. Um, it is, but you know that that's another man down in that scenario. Uh-huh. And when you're, you know, struggling to get men, that's what happens. Yeah. Anyway, I, we'll talk about the Chargers Titans tomorrow, but let's move on to the Raiders and Packers. Uh, so again, the strategy against the Packers is run the football, and they actually did a pretty good job of stopping the run last week against Carryon Johnson. I mean, he got the touchdown; he barely got the touchdown. Like, you know, like the tip of the ball across the plane. Like, so they were really not giving an inch to him. Um, and I mean, the, the touchdown saved his day because otherwise, he he really didn't produce anything. Um, which after the last four games that the Packers, what they've allowed, been allowing to running backs, it was a really good sign. Uh, but you got to think, though, I, I don't know. So far, we've seen more games where the, there's been big production of running backs than that we have without it. They stopped the Bears and they stopped the Lions. I don't know that, that the Raiders are going to be as easy to stop because their, their whole identity is the run game. That's what they're going to do regardless. The games that they've won this year is because of, of Josh Jacobs and the amount that they've been giving him. So I don't see why this game changes. I think Josh Jacobs is in for a huge workload this week, and he's a definite play. Darren Waller, at this point, uh, what do you have at tight end? To be I mean, the man got paid, him? and he's one of the best tight ends right now. Well, exactly. Like, I couldn't he, – he's a must-start because of how good he is ranked to the other tight ends. It's not necessarily because – I mean, he, he's only scored 55.1 fantasy points on the year and half-point PPR. There is a bye week in there, so he's only played – he's played less than others. Um but still, I mean, what do you realistically have at tight end that you can afford to bench him? The Packers really haven't been generous to tight ends, but you know the Raiders, this the, their whole passing offense, especially if Tyrell Williams doesn't play, goes through Darren Waller. Even if Tyrell Williams plays, he's kind of been he's been the one, their top target in most games this year. So uh, those are the two Raider players I have, those are the only two Raider players, frankly, I have confidence in because this Packers defense is legit. Great corner in Jair Alexander that can cover. If Tyrell Williams plays, I don't want him, even if he does play. And whoever comes in to replace him is just going to get blanketed. And the success for the Raiders is going to be through Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and maybe a guy like Jalen Richard. I think that would, I would maybe put him in before any other Raiders receiver 
but I don't really like the Raiders a lot this week. Um, so the Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams kind of what, what tips the scales there, right? Um, last week it was a fumble and a drop pass for a touchdown that cost Jones playing time against the Broncos. It was the fact that Jones kept trying to bounce everything to the outside and Williams was just going North South and getting a lot more success with it. Uh, now after that Broncos game, Jones has been taking everything North South. He, he, unless a play breaks down and he sees the seam to get outside, he, he's rarely done that. He's mostly just taken it North South with, he obviously learned from that and understand that's what the coaching staff wants him to do. So he's going to do that. Um, now here, it's just not fumble and, and catch the football. The other thing about Jones is you don't see Jamal Williams get designed seam routes like that. Like he'd had, like that was a, that would have been a 33 yard touchdown if he caught it. Uh, Jamal Williams, when he ha- takes receptions, it's screen passes, dump offs. So Jones usage and the type of routes they have designed to him, they're not giving that to Williams. So Jones is always going to have that. Uh, you know, and as long as he's producing well, I think they're going to give him a bigger workload than Williams. The thing with Williams is he had a career-high 45-yard run last game to kind of boost that to get to 100 yards. Um, that obviously, you know, he's done it once, right? He's, But before that, his previous career-high was 25 yards. So it's not to say he can't get there again, but it, it almost seems like a, an outlier a little bit. Uh, I have Jamal Williams in the sit, but uh, just reading the injury report from today's practice, uh, players who didn't play... Uh, the Packers might just decide to run the football heavily. So I think I'm upgrading Williams to a maybe if, if uh, I think he's a, I know a lot of people picked him up this week. I know Gavin uh, Frick for full press coverage. He, he had him as his number one waiver wire edition. And while I'm not mad at it, because I think he should be rostered in a lot of spots. And uh, if Jones ever goes out, we've seen Williams handle massive workloads before. Uh, so, yeah, I think with, with the, um, depending on what happens uh, with the Packers receivers, because right now, uh, Devontae Adams and Jeronimo Allison didn't practice, and I don't expect either to play, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling hasn't practiced yet this week. Um, and he, uh, I mean, he caught that big pass last week, and it's showing himself as a vertical threat, but the Packers receiver, who just suddenly established himself as Rodgers' go-to guy, and it may need to be Rodgers' go-to guy for these next couple weeks, is Alan Lazard. So uh, they weren't really the hell is this guy? <laughs> well, um, so he was an undrafted free agent last year, and I remember him in the... You know, I remember him in the 2018 class. It was a little surprising that he didn't. He went undrafted. I remember it was him and Auden Tate. They're both those bigger body receivers. Not the greatest combine metrics, but uh, you know, big frames. If it was the 90s with massive receivers and less about speed, they would have been a lot more coveted. Uh, but Tate went in the seventh round of the Bengals, and Lazard went undrafted, and the Packers picked him up. Um, practice squad mostly last year. They he started this year on practice squad actually. And um, at the expense of someone like Jamon Moore, who was a fourth round pick last year, <laughs> like ahead of him. And he made the practice squad this year ahead of Moore. So it kind of shows, OK, they, they believed in him enough. And then uh, after they traded Trevor Davis, he got activated and maybe a good thing because uh, they were really struggling until he came in. Uh, the one aspect that's been a big part of Rogers game over his whole career is the back shoulder throw. With, with Nelson, it was the easiest thing in the world. They had this connection, and even Randall Cobb showed that too. Um, but th- so far, and Devontae Adams has done it too, but other than that, it, the rest of the receivers on this team have really struggled too. And he tried, he went to it often in the, against the Lions. Allison had quite a few chances at it. Jake Kumaro, uh, it seemed like with Kumaro, he he really struggled with the timing of the back shoulder. Like we, he would, you know, he'd be turning around and the ball's getting there at his feet. Like he wasn't, he would go too far, wouldn't turn quick enough. Uh, Lazard came in, 
and immediately was able to he dropped his first target and then he caught the other the other four targets that he received one for a touchdown and the others the other three were all back shoulder throws on that last drive where they needed to get that field goal and they were killing the clock and they they nearly needed receptions and Lazard was able to get that separation get those first downs keep the chains moving and that obviously Rodgers is going to feel super confident with him uh, considering all these injuries I'm shocked if Lazard isn't starting next week and you know even once one like two of the three get back i think i think he's above kumaro the rest of the year already in one game because he he actually led the packers in receiving yards and he caught all his passes in the fourth quarter he literally played one quarter and he was the packers leading receiver last week so i think lazard he was a big waiver wire addition this week and i think i think you play him uh, just if out of necessity because of all these other injuries uh and again i don't expect adams or allison to play so monitor for valdez scantling because if he does go i think he's worth playing uh, he can get behind that Raiders defense, and and Roger trusts him as a deep threat. Uh, so that's going to be kind of his role, where it's he's only going to probably see two, three targets all year. But if he can catch a big one against the right matchup, the Raiders' run defense is much better than their pass defense. So if this is probably going to be a game where Rogers has to win the day, not that I wouldn't play Jones, I still think playing Jones is pretty have I would play Jones pretty heavily here. Uh, one decision I'm kind of struggling with, and you mentioned you would avoid Mixon. Would you play Aaron Jones over Joe Mixon? Yes. Even knowing that, uh, according to DVOA, the Jaguars are the least efficient run defense in the league. Yes. Does that not interest you at all? Okay. Well, I, and I'll revisit that decision in a you know throughout the weekend. Obviously, I got till Sunday to decide. But I think right now I'm leaning Mixon just because that's the only way the Bengals are going to have success is running at them. But there is a chance that that D line is just overwhelms the Bengals completely. Whereas that's obviously not going to happen to the Packers. Um. But the Raiders' run defense is actually pretty solid. Like in, according to DVOA, they are the sixth most efficient. Like they're right there with the Bears and your Jets. Like their Bears are eighth and the Jets are, are ninth. Interesting. You know, I just got my Bears, Bears, Bears are seventh and Jets are eighth. Yeah. Well, um, they're you guys are right there with the Falcons too and Titans, Texans. So it's all that kind of middle group of above average run defenses. Not like uh, the Packers, uh, supposedly. Hey, I, was, I was top five before I let Zeke have 105 yards on me. Yeah, Zeke does that to everyone. Yeah, uh, it's a Zeke. Uh, the other thing, too, is Jimmy Graham also didn't practice. So if, if he's a no-go, I think Mercedes Lewis, he's someone who uh, caught a, two different two separate receptions for 25 yards. He didn't do much else in the game, but he got the chains moving, got them in field position. So you got to think Mercedes Lewis uh, kind of reinvigorated after last year as a blocker only. Uh, really invigorated under Matt LaFleur. So if, if Jimmy Graham can't play, I think Mercedes Lewis gets a huge bump. And um, he's a tight end I would definitely rather play over the Colts guys, for instance. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, like I mentioned, and sit Derek Carr. This is not a week you want to play Carr. This is this is a Josh Jacobs week, and that's – and, you know, Darren Waller, but that's it. I avoid the rest of the Raiders. Okay. Uh, well, Kyle, I have to ask you a question. Sure. Because we are fantasy football guys. And I just got this – just now so in a league i'm in um i and this is my entire roster just let's go through that first okay i have jared Goff, david johnson josh jacobs cooper cup jameson crowler george kill travis kelsey the ravens defense and jason myers i stream defenses in this league oh yeah of course as i would in every league to be honest i i don't i don't advise not streaming defenses but yeah um on my bench, I have 
Robbie Anderson, Christian Kirk, Rashad Penny, Peyton Barber, Michael Gallup, Mike Williams, and Hunter Renfro. So I just got a trade request for George Kittle and Josh Jacobs, two of my heavy hitters. Hmm. And I would receive Golden Tate, Alshon Jeffrey, Carlos Hyde, and Sony Michelle. I think you have enough depth that you know you don't have to do that. I wouldn't do that. Because what 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 starters are you improving at? You're you're decreasing your RB one, and uh, you know having Kittle and Kelsey. I'm assuming you're you're flexing the you know you're you're flexing a tight end every week. So you're suddenly you're, I I suppose Michelle becomes your flex option. I don't know. I I I would rather just I think I'd rather just have Jess Jacobs and George Kittle. That's what I was thinking. Honestly, if they're really after tight end, I'd shop Kelsey. I see what that's, you can get. that's that's what's going to be my counter offer. I was going to get rid of Kelsey because I don't have Mahomes, but Kittle's been doing great for me, and this guy does have Mahomes. So I, I don't understand if, why he was what, going. What, if you could get a another, I mean, if, if you're trading Kelsey, then you definitely have to get a. I would say a, a another RB that you can trust every week as your like your flex guy, right? Uh-huh. And then I don't know another piece, another depth piece that you can just throw in for the matchups. And here's the and here's the thing about all this. While I'm looking at it, I would have to drop two of my players to. Accept. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too. Is a two for four. You who you're dropping because your depth is decent, right? So then you're you're suddenly you're adding more depth, but then you're taking away depth. Like yeah, that trade doesn't really help you at all. It makes sense for them, obviously. Yeah, and that's why I think he's going. What's your what's your, Can you go through your running backs again? Like your just just your running backs. Yeah. So. Um, my running backs, I got David Johnson, Josh Jacobs, I have Rashad Penny, Peyton Barber, and that's it. Yeah, you see, yeah, I think what I would do if I was you, I would trade Kelsey, and I would see if you can get, you definitely at least one running back, but it, try and get a couple, or maybe package something together with another one of your receivers, because I think running back depth is maybe the only thing that it's kind of hurting you, but again, you're, the way your team's set up, you don't need a third running back every week. You're, you're always going to flex a tight end. So uh, I don't hate the build, to be honest. Uh, the team build, well, it looks when good. I, when I started this build, I was trying to do it around Mahomes because this is a contract league, so that's why I have so many big names. Yeah, I was, contracts. I was trying to do Mahomes, but uh, the guy bid Mahomes early, and my strategy in contract is to wait. Um. So he bid Mahomes early, and so I was not. I I I was either going to pay a premium or I was not getting them, and I wasn't paying the premium. Mahomes, his contract was worth fifty nine dollars. He sold for seventy six. If that gives you any kind uh, uh, kind of thing of kind of idea of uh, okay how much they like to shark you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I love contracts. I know. Uh, I. I did a, a contract startup dynasty league with uh, the Superflex Super Show guys, James Katulis, James the Brain is the commissioner, um, and yeah, Mahomes and Kamara were the two highest players, and like Barkley was right behind them, right? But that was Superflex, right? And that's what you do in Superflex. And you're talking this is just this is just single quarterback. Mahomes still goes crazy, but that's I mean, this is, Mahomes, this is, right? yeah, this is a single quarterback tight end boosted league. Oh, so and I- the tight end premium actually then really makes sense on the. Uh, having the two tight ends to be honest you kind of monopolize the position i don't necessarily feel like you need to but i think if if i were you that's where i would go i would shop kelsey for you know high-end running back depth 
Oh, that's that's that totally what what I'm going to do. I just wanted to get your input on the trade. Yeah, no, definitely don't do that trade. I already, can, I already, can, you the, can you tell me the four players he was going to offer you again? I know Sony Michelle, who were the other three? Michelle Hyde, um, he was going to give me, I got remember because I declined to trade. Michelle Hyde, Tate, and Jeffrey. I mean, I don't like that at all for wide receivers. You're talking about, uh, I know Michael Gallup, especially this week, I really like him, but I think he's going to be a solid option most weeks. So, And then, you know, when the good matchups are there, Robbie Anderson gives you a good boom-bust option on your team that can help you win those weeks. So I don't know that you're really getting much of the receiver. You're really just trading for extra running back depth, which is nice. Michelle and Hyde are definitely would I think on your team. And it would definitely be an upgrade. Losing, losing All right, I wouldn't say upgrade, but I don't think it's worth losing Jacobs though. No. So, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe try and counter Kittle for Michelle Hyde. I don't know if that makes sense. Even that oh. still feels like you're selling. Uh, sorry, Kelsey. Uh, for that's the, even that feels like you're selling them low though in a tight end premium. It is, and so and I'm gonna try and see if I can find the uh, the Mahomes guy and see if I can <laughs> sell him. Try to win him on that stack. Um, so yeah, you have Goff as your quarterback. Um, I know this is your game preview, but I really I, I I think this is a good week bounce back week for Goff. He's definitely not playing the 49ers, which is nice going <laughs> against the Falcons. Uh, who have just been allowing? I mean, they they look. I mean, Kyler Murray had a huge game against them passing, not even running. So I think Goff's due for a, a good performance here. Do you, do you agree? I do. And you know what? Since we're already talking about, him, let's talk about it. Um, that. That was the transition. Yes. <laughs> well, I was. Just, I was. I had to make make sure. You know. So um, we got the Rams. We got the Falcons. The Dirty Birds have been on a little bit of a losing streak. Especially that edge out that they had against the um, uh, Kyle Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they're one and five. The Rams are three and three. They just trade for Jalen Ramsey. So this is their bounce back game in many ways. Um, as far as uh, I don't care what ESPN, NFL, or any other statistic, the Rams are going to win this game. And here's how they're going to do it. There's a man. And he's a, he's a very mean man. His name's Cooper Cup, and that's a very mean man. And he's going to start running the ball so much. Uh, Todd Gurley is questionable. Um, that knee is coming back, and that's no bueno. Um, the other side of the ball is they have a couple of safeties and corners and defensive ends. All on uh, their injury report. Obviously, we're gonna wait till tomorrow before we get the official report or the the full official report. But we're going to see. But you know, it that doesn't stroke me with so much confidence when they have that going on. And you know, with everything going on, you're definitely going to see something happening. So uh, fire up Malcolm Brown, fire up Daryl Henderson, depending on if Brown plays or not, because he's technically listed on the injury report. Uh, fire up that guy they they just brought in, or uh, Kelly, I think it is Jim Kelly that they uh, brought off the practice squad. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, how how deep your leagues were you gonna play, or did you even roster him? Well, I, I mean, John Kelly, you're talking about, right? I guess I, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't been keeping up because yeah, I remember him. He was I, oh man, I, I actually really loved his. T- I I thought he was better than Rojo coming out of the class, and then he fell to the I think fifth sixth round, and went in the Rams, and it was, oh he's buried, and then couldn't get past Malcolm Brown, and when it was finally his turn to shine, like ah we're gonna sign C J Anderson instead. 
and now it's Daryl Henderson. So it's been tough for him to crack it. I don't know that people are still rostering him. Deep, well, deep well, dynasty, he, he's probably rostered somewhere. Well, he's, I don't know. He's I don't know. Firing that, up this week, you know, with Malcolm well, Brown listed yeah. on the injury report, so he may be. He may That's be true. If, if he is the main shot. backup. Yeah. Um, so so to, to your credit, he's going to be available, <laughs> though. Like yes, you, you can go yes, pick him up right now for free. That's yeah. Yeah, fire him up. Maybe maybe uh, do it before someone else realizes that, and do it kind of preemptively. If you've got the again, if you got the room on your to kind of hold him through this week, knowing that you may be completely worthless and you may just drop him next week. But if you've got lower end guys in your roster, you're constantly churning. John Kelly probably seems like a good depth RB to do that for. So good point. Um. Oh yeah, I have a few of those every once in a while. Um. So uh, play golf, play Matty Ice. You know he he's. He has 2,000 rushing yards. He leads – well, he's I, I think he's top five in the leagues in terms of passing yards, and yet he still can't win games. He has Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, still can't win games. You can't even put that in the coaches anymore. I mean, the coaches have bad play calls, but when you got a couple of thousand-yard wide receivers and you can't win games, I, I won't get off my rant. I'm getting off my rant. I can't. I can't rant about I mean, you're right, though. They haven't really been winning, I, but they've also been allowing, like, 30 points every week. So it's, it's kind of on the defense. Like, Matt Matt Ryan doesn't play defense. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And, and I can't put that, you know, I can't put that on him. I can't do that. But uh, fire up Matty Ice. Fire up Jared Goff. Um, sit Devontae Freeman. He is still a sit. Um, say what you will about the Rams. Joke about all the – Joke about the Rams all you want. Their defense uh, or their front seven is legit still, no matter how bad their secondary gets or good or whatever. Uh, their front seven is still good with Aaron Donald. Um, he leads that way with those guys, and he's just an absolute monster. Uh, so sit Devontae Freeman because him and Dante Fowler, the uh, Freeman again through, and he's been struggling this entire time. 77 carries for 275 yards. I'm pretty sure Le'Veon Bell has more with less. So, and that's saying a lot behind my terrible line. So, uh, sit Devontae Freeman. Um, as far as Cooper Cup goes, fire him up all day and twice on Sunday. Um, the sleeper here would be Austin Hooper. I know he's not been a real sleeper because they've been doing a lot of checkdowns, but I think. Um, because the Rams secondary is banged up and they're trying to get Jalen Ramsey to acquired, uh, to their culture out there that, you know, we could see Julio and Calvin Ridley, uh, having much bigger days, um, or having much better points. You know, I, I, um, it, this could go one of two ways. It could go either a shootout or it could just, you know, be a shutout and, with the way that the Rams and with the way that the Falcons have been playing, I think this is going to end up being a shootout. So, uh, Agreed. fire them up. You know, fire up all three wide receivers if Brandon Cooks is not on the injury report. Fire up all three Rams wide receivers. Fire up all three. Um, uh, Falcons. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Falcons wide receivers. Because yeah, Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu, I actually really like playing. That's, oh, I think actually, that's they're four then. Because I was going to count. All oh, you're counting Hooper. Yeah, and, and yeah, I think Hooper, he's almost, to the, I mean, we're talking about tight ends. Right now, he's tight end one. And it's it's by That's quite a bit. a lot about a guy that you didn't hear about last year when Matty well, Ice has to throw to him. And, I mean, he finished as, a, I think he was tight end seven or eight last year. Again, it was just 
volume it, tight end was really bad it was that was a not no it was not a very good position group That's at all last statistical after there's you know if you didn't have <laughs> one of the top seven. four five guy if you never one of the top four you, you know you, you really struggled most weeks i mean yeah it, it's terrible but i with this game like i said it's either going to be a null void, you know, no, nothing going, couple points here and there, which it very well could be, or it's more than likely going to end up being a shootout. And as fantasy owners, we all hope for the latter. So, yeah, I agree. And I think I, I say you play most of the players that are starting here, unless you have better options. Yeah, yeah. How so, do you feel about the, the Rams tight ends, Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby? Uh, sit Higby, play Everett. Everett's just been outplaying Higby. I agree, and I mean, again, he was a second-round pick for a reason. Um, not that Hickby wasn't. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick. Hickby was good, but it, it seems like he has something hindering him this year. Like, he's hurt. Well, he was hurt. He did miss that. I mean, he did miss that one game because he got he took that really bad hit, and he was coughing up blood, and I think yeah, he missed one or two. I think it was just one week. It might have been two, but yeah, it seems like he has I think that, that's hindering him even more than we realize. Everett's gotten a big target share in games. The the game Cook missed it, uh, left with that really ugly looking concussion. Yeah, uh, Everett I think had eleven targets. So yeah, I agree. I, I'd play him. Um, yeah, fire up Everett again. A tight end. It's the threshold for a playable tight end isn't that low, or it is low, but uh, he he certainly matches it. And then um, I think if we read nothing else, moving on to the NFC North battle between the Vikings and the Lions. We'll end out with that. Uh, start Dalvin Cook every week. That's, you're not <laughs> listening to the show for us to tell you to start Dalvin Cook. He's the running back. Is he running? He's running back two right now. For yes, he is. Right behind McCaffrey. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Thielen, even when Cousins hasn't been patching, passing very much, he's he's been the number one target. So I think he still has to start him anyway. <laughs> I really hope he's an every week starter. I just traded for him in a, in a league where I'm one in five and had to give up Bell, but I got an, another playable wide receiver deep enough at running back. I have Fournette that I feel like I can trust every week. I know he, you would obviously not approve of that trade, but uh, um, and I think Kenny Galladay is a good play. Carry on again. He got the touchdown. He's getting all the volume. Uh, it's not going to be a very efficient play against the Vikings. They're going to DVOA. They're the fourth, fourth most efficient run defense. So it's uh, it could be scary for Galladay, uh, for Johnson, sorry. But I think Galladay is, because of that, I think Galladay is a must-play. I think the Lions, they felt they could have won that game. They should have won that game. And through a variety of reasons, some their own fault, others not their fault at all, they didn't. Um, and they're going to be angry. So I think Stafford's going to come out throwing. So Galladay, almost, I think, is kind of a locked-in must-play. Probably the Lions player I want the most, even more so than Johnson. Um, I'd consider Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs. Rodgers threw well against them, and a guy, a guy like Alan Lazard came in and caught passes. They do have really good corners, though, so I could see Cousins getting some interceptions. I think if your league is the type of league where interceptions are only minus one and they don't punish your quarterback too much, I'd play him. But now if you're talking in a league where, okay, it's you know six-point passing minus four, uh, six-point for passing touchdown minus four for interceptions, that, that gets scary to, to play a guy like Cousins who could throw a few picks in this game. So I, I, the maybe is who you have, but I think it's also, um, you know, scoring settings. And I know just to and so uh, before I continue, what do you think about Cousins, and uh, in, in that regard? Wait, in which regard? Well, in uh, like okay, just uh, just playing him this week. Do you first off, uh, would you play him over? Uh, you mentioned Jacoby Brissett earlier, and I know that's a decision I'm facing in a superflex league where I want you to go uh, Kirk Cousins. Because, yeah. Well, well, I, I see, would think and the here's same. the thing: the, the the defense seems a lot 
the secondary certainly is much weaker in, in Houston than it is in Detroit. It, that's, that, that, that's the one thing. And here's the other thing. When you look at it, Jacoby Brissett has been a solid player this entire time. We just, you know, haven't been getting him that much love just because we, we, we see more solid guys, you know, Mahomes, Watson, whatever. But overall, when you look at the grand scheme of Mahomes and uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett and Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins and Fitzmagic and all those, those guys require really good wide receivers. When you got Dalvin Cook in your backfield and you've been running the ball and your coach comes out all smug and says, there, I threw it more than 10 times. Are you happy? <laughs> yeah, that 25. Tells- that was a lot, right? Yeah, right? But that tells me that they're going to go straight back to running the ball more because, it, I mean, and here's the thing. The Lions secondary is decently good. You know, it's one of the better ones in the NFL. So um, I, I feel like they're going to go back towards the run game than the pass game. I mean, they had their big day with the wide receivers, Alan Thielen, Stephon Diggs. So they're going to be like, all right, we satisfied you guys. Now shut up and deal with it. And so I think they're going to go back to running the ball more. And I mean, why wouldn't they? Dalvin Cook has been Dalvin Cook in the way that we needed him to see and not the IR Dalvin Cook that we've been getting. So, well, we haven't got this year where he's been fully healthy. and Exactly. So he's not the IR Dalvin Cook that we've seen. So um, in that regard, it's just – it's just a matter of I think they're going back to running the ball more, and I, I frankly I wouldn't blame them because the front line is worse than their secondary. But I think uh, last you're talking about the Lions, right? Yes. And I mean that that changed because well not changed but something that's really tilting that in the secondary favors. No Mike Daniels. Uh, we'll see uh, if he plays. Um, again, this is they, they just played Monday, so it's a bit of a shorter week for them than it is other teams. So I don't know. I could see Mike Daniels being out again. And then, yeah, even with Daniels in, though, I'd still play Cook. I almost wonder if Alexander Madison then gets some play. Would you consider him as an option if they if you do think they're going to go run that, that much? No, uh, the volume's not there. He's he's one of those boom he, he, he actually had he's more carries like than Brandon Cook last Bolden week. For me. He, the guy's like more... Brandon Bolden. The consistent volume, I agree, but he had more carries last week than Delvin Cook. Okay, and what about the week before that? Well, yeah, that's the only week, but I'm saying, like, it, it's it's happened, right? It's only once, and it was because they got such a big lead against the Eagles. They, oh, yeah, let's maybe not. Again, this guy that has had a history of injuries in, you know, only the first two years in the league, let's maybe not overdo it on him. I think this game will probably be much closer. So I, I, I agree. I don't know that you're... You're not, you're not going to go front Madison, to... But I just wanted to, to throw that out there. I know. Uh, but I think to the uh, talking about Cousins, I'd much rather play Stafford because I think yes. that the opposite for the Lions, this run defense is so good that they're going to have to pass. And I think a guy like – I think I'd rather play Marvin Jones than Stefan Diggs. I have them all in the maybe, but I think I'm leaning more at the, the Lions guy combo. And I oh. don't think uh, – Go ahead. Well, and I, and again, I don't think Hawkinson's a bad play either at tight end. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about Jones over Diggs and and also Stafford over Cousins? Stafford over Cousins, I'll buy in on that. Jones over Diggs, that's a harder sell for me. 
uh, like I said, they they had a fantastic week last week. I'm not going to deny that. That was all over the stat point line. That was all over the press interviews. But except I think that Jones, was, right? Except yeah, and I, and I think they just did that to show that you did such a great job that I'm going to go back to run the ball now, or that we have oh, that. Talking Minnesota. Sorry, I thought you were talking yeah. Detroit. So when that happens. That worries me because I don't know if they're going to go back to passing the ball or running the ball. And I think they're going to go back to running the ball. So that's why I say it's a hard sell for me because they always have that option. And mm-hmm. if if they always have that option versus rather always doing it, then it, it gets me a little worried. It, it makes me think, oh, well, shit, I have to worry or I have to, you know, flip a coin. <laughs> um I have to make uh, I have to be like, all right, so I want this. No, I want this. I want this. No, I want this. In this case, I want digs. Because if it gets as close as you say it does, they're gonna have to leave somehow. And I think um if that's the case, then it's uh more or less gonna be Hey, I want the guy that actually got the touchdowns and the production and then this and then that last week. And Diggs is a really good wide receiver and he could do things. So, yeah, give me Diggs. Uh, just talking about close. Right now, the Vegas spread line is uh, Vikings by two uh, on the road. So, uh, especially in division games, you usually tend to see the home team favored. Again, it makes me question why, why is Dallas favored against the Eagles? But uh, regardless. Um, so yeah, wow. so he, well, sorry, I just got the injury report for oh. uh, my Jets uh, Patriots game. Okay. Two, four, six, eight. I got ten people who did not practice. Ten people who didn't practice to first five, day of five, practice though. I mean, again, since the Monday game, I, the Friday, yeah, it's a little Friday, Saturday it's a little is more funny. It's a little funny. Yeah, it's it's a little concerning. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. I mean, we will probably have more information by the time we do uh, part two of this episode where we do talk about the uh, Patriots and Jets. Um, but until then, if there's nothing else about these matchups, uh, I think we carry, are good to uh, head out and hopefully recover from our wounds, too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so, uh, Alessandro, any final words? The Jets beat the Cowboys! Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty great to see. Um, Listen here, man. Jamal Adams is a bad man. I am not getting my fill talk about my Jets on this podcast after that win. Ooh, man, let me tell you, I felt like Stephen A. Smith. Just how about them boys? Yeah, how about them boys not not winning again? Um, three straight wins, three straight losses for the Cowboys. Will it be four straight? Um, hey, they were guaranteed three after that. We didn't know. And now we're not link. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyway, we'll talk again. We'll talk about the Eagles on tomorrow's episode. But until then, this was the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. Your co-hosts, Alessandro Senator at AM underscore Senator. Myself, Kyle Senra at Niyama underscore KS. That's N-Y-A-M-A underscore KS. Uh, also follow Kayla Morton, who uh, we're hoping to see tomorrow. We'll, we'll find out if she's feeling better. Uh, obviously, good wishes to her regardless of podcast availability. Just hope that she feels better in general. But uh, nice to have her on. Anyway, you can follow Kayla at MortonSalt74. 
Um, and as always, check out the Full Press Radio Network, where this podcast will be played and, and syndicated, as well as all sorts of other great podcasts from the Full Press Coverage family and from outside the Full Press Coverage family, um, including uh, Snowman and uh, Brian Snow and, and some of his broadcasts. I know I was a guested on this morning just talking about fantasy football, so shout out to, to Snowman for that, Brian Snow on Twitter. And... Um, as always, uh, be sure to rate, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate that very much. And until tomorrow's episode, thank you all for listening to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast.